0: Long before there was Agatha Christie or Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, there was Mark the Gospel writer. Matthew may have been traditionally known as the tax collector, Luke the doctor, John the beloved, but Mark, Mark was the storyteller. In fact, as you will hear in tomorrow's Bible Project podcast with my seminary professor and mentor, Dr. Tom Boomershine, it is very likely that the way the gospel of Mark was first shared in Christian community 2,000 years ago was not read aloud from a book or a scroll. It was story told, live, as an oral performance in front of an audience. Mark is the shortest of the four gospels, the earliest one written, and it gets right to the action. It moves briskly from one action scene to the next, often using the word immediately which Mark uses nearly 40 times in his gospel. But more than that, Mark's gospel is like a mystery novel in which one person after another thinks they have Jesus figured out, only for us to discover at the end, a surprising twist that we did not see coming. And it is that twist that we will discover today that will make all the difference, not just in our understanding of Mark's gospel, but in the way we can live right now, today. Have you ever walked out of a movie theater and thought to yourself, I have got to watch that movie a second time right away. Because now that I know the ending and and now that I know the twist at the end, I want to watch it again to pick up on all the clues that I missed the first time. I remember thinking that after I had seen the movie, The Sixth Sense. I felt the same way when I watched the suspense movie, The Others, I most recently felt that way last December when I watched the movie Knives Out, which was my favorite movie of 2019. There's something about a well told story, especially a mystery suspense kind of story, that makes you see the whole story differently once you know the ending. Mark's gospel, as it turns out, is just like that. So by the end of today's sermon, we will get to the ending of Mark. But for now, let's start from the beginning. The action in Mark picks up right away, right out of the gate. There's no there's no long drawn out genealogy like at the beginning of Matthew. There's no series of songs like in Luke's Gospel. There's no poetic prologue like in John. Mark, the storyteller, stands before the audience and he begins almost immediately with Jesus bursting onto the scene in a region of Israel called Galilee. Now, apparently it's important to Mark for the audience to know that the story begins in Galilee because four different times in the very first chapter alone, Mark repeats that Jesus began in Galilee as if we're supposed to stick a bookmark there as if it will be important to remember later because it will be. In fact, our scripture reading for today takes place there in Galilee, along the the shores of the Sea of Galilee, with with Jesus seeing two men out fishing, Simon Peter and Andrew. He calls out to them and he simply says to them, follow me. Drop what you're doing and and go with me on a journey. And along the way, you fishermen are going to become fishers of people. He says the same thing later to James and John as they were mending their nets with their father Zebedee. Jesus calls them and these four men would become the very first four disciples of Jesus. And then for the next 15 chapters, Jesus and the disciples would crisscross the land of Israel with with Jesus performing miraculous healings and, and uttering profound teachings. But at nearly every turn in Mark's gospel, There's a mystery surrounding who Jesus is. And every every time someone comes close to guessing who Jesus really is, Jesus shuts them down. I mean, in in the very first chapter alone, there's Jesus casting out demons from people. But when the demons recognize him as the son of God, Jesus immediately silences them and does not allow them to speak. In, In the very same first chapter, When he heals a leper, he orders the man not to say a word to anybody about what he has done for him. Later, when he tells people parables, he intentionally makes it so that not everyone can understand what the parables mean. Later in chapter 8, when Peter declares to Jesus, I believe that you are the Christ, Jesus immediately says to Peter, James, and John, shh. Don't tell anyone. And in the next chapter on the Mount of Transfiguration, after Jesus had turned dazzling white in front of them, accompanied by Moses and Elijah and the voice of God booming from the heaven, Jesus turned to his disciples as they were walking down the mountain. And he said to them, don't tell a soul what you've seen here today. Mark loves telling a good mystery. And he loves keeping his audience in such suspense. But why? Why is Jesus so secretive? Why Why such mystery about who Jesus is? And what difference should that make to us? As you will read throughout the first 15 chapters in Mark, people are healed, the hungry are fed, the the possessed are are set free. and, and, And yet every time we think that Mark is going to break open the mystery and reveal Jesus for who he really is, Jesus says, nope. Not yet, it's not time. There's more to this story. Well, then we get to the end of the story. Jesus is arrested and beaten and crucified between two criminals. He's buried in a tomb and left for dead, leaving behind a bewildered, grief-stricken and terrified band of disciples. And then we get to the final chapter, chapter 16. And now Mark has us right where he wants us. Jesus had been dead for three days. Women came to the tomb to anoint his body with spices. And then, I mean, I'm sure you know the story. The stone had been rolled away and an angelic messenger greeted them with these words. Don't be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He isn't here. Look, here's the place where they laid him. I mean, you know the story, right? It's the Easter story that we've heard time and time again. Jesus was not dead. He is, in fact, the Son of God. He has been raised to new life, and he has conquered the grave. It's quite a surprise, right? But as it turns out, there's even more to mark surprise than that. Because the angel at the tomb has one more thing to say. He says... Go, tell his disciples, especially Peter, that he is going ahead of you into Galilee. You will see him there, just as he told you. Galilee. And you remember Galilee, right? It's the place where Mark wanted us to book Mark at the beginning, the place that Mark insisted we remember as the place where this story began. At the empty tomb, Mark is saying, Now go back to Galilee, go back to the beginning of the story and read it again, because this time you will discover that resurrection is happening all over the place, but you may not have noticed it before. And much of what was puzzling to the disciples and the public and even puzzling to the demons now makes sense in light of the resurrection of Jesus. But Mark is also saying to those early Christians, Look at the story of your life in light of the resurrection. Go back to the beginning of your own personal story and you will discover that the God of the resurrection has been doing the work of resurrection in moments of your life when you thought there was nothing but hopelessness. And you will discover that God was close to you when you thought God was distant. And you will discover that God was giving you hope when you thought all was lost. Mark is a master storyteller. And his plot twist at the end tells us to read the gospel from the beginning with the resurrection in mind. And as you are reading these stories of Mark over the next several days, ask this question of the text. What does this passage tell me about the power of the resurrection? And then take it one step further because Mark is asking us To look at the story of our lives with the very same filter. How is God doing the work of resurrection in your life? How is God doing the work of resurrection in the world? Preacher and teacher Tom Long says it this way. What do we see when we read the gospel of Mark again, this time with post resurrection eyes? We see Jesus healing and teaching and casting out demons, but always being misunderstood, even by those closest to him. In other words, Mark is telling us that the saving action of God in the world is always hidden, ambiguous, sealed off from the obvious explanation. And so we go back to Galilee and the second time around, every story in the gospel of Mark is a post-resurrection appearance. And what we see is a God who surprises us at every turn in the road, a God whose power is expressed finally in weakness. Now, all this is to say that Mark's message is one that you and I really need to hear right now. That part of your life where you feel defeated by sin, God's resurrection is at work. That sense of loss you feel over what you have lost since the pandemic began God's resurrection is at work. The injustice that grips our society as if it were possessed by an evil spirit, God's resurrection is at work. The fear that we feel because of a future that is unknowable, God's resurrection is at work. As it turns out, the beginning of Mark is a story of your new beginning, one in which the resurrection can be made real, in and through you every day. So here we go, one more time. In today's scripture, right at the beginning, one day Jesus was in Galilee. He was walking along the shoreline of the great sea and he saw you standing there, going about your daily business, mending the nets of your stressful and anxious life, fishing for purpose and meaning, just trying to make ends meet day after day after day. And Jesus says to you, come follow me. I've got something to show you. And I've got something special for you to do. Something special for you to fish for now. It's called the resurrection. In which God will do a new work in your life and where God will make a difference through your life. It's quite a story. And it's one that you get to live. The only question is, will you follow him? Let's pray. God, the end of the gospel story has become the beginning of the new story you are writing in us. We offer ourselves to you as characters in the unfolding mystery of your love. So fill us with your spirit, forgive us of our sins, and give us the strength to follow you each and every day. Make your resurrection real in us that we may fish for people and reveal your resurrection to them. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.